If you want to revel in the wonder of the natural world while still asking tough questions about our place in that world, I'd like to tell you about another podcast you might enjoy. It's called Outside In. Hosted by Sam Evans-Brown, Outside In tackles a broad range of subjects, from the environmental movement's troubling links to the eugenics movement, to the fraught history between hydropower development and Indigenous rights in Canada. Outside In tries to capture the joy that attracts so many of us to the outdoors in the first place. The show has taken listeners under the ice of frozen lakes, to peat bogs in the Arctic, and up close to patches of moss in your own backyard. Outside In features deeply investigated stories and the deliberately goofy. It makes you think and makes you laugh. You can find Outside In in your favorite podcast app and at outsideinradio.org. Hi, I'm Willow Belden, and you're listening to Out There, the podcast that explores big questions through intimate stories outdoors. For the first time this year, I'm not with family for the holidays. I'm guessing many of you are in a similar situation. 2020 is a year of profound isolation. But as difficult as it may seem right now, being alone is not always a bad thing. Today's episode is a story about something that happened to me back in 2015. It takes place in the desert in Utah, and it's about how something that initially seemed sad and lonely turned out to be a really good thing. I'd been feeling anxious and overworked for what seemed like ages. I'd just launched this podcast, and even though it was exciting, the process had been pretty exhausting. Work days were brutally long, and I hadn't had a weekend off in months. So I was exhausted. But the bigger thing that was bothering me, the thing that was really getting under my skin, was this. I felt like I'd lost my spark, my passion, my drive, the excitement that had always defined me. And so I planned to get away for a bit and join some friends on a trip to Puerto Rico. We were going to sit on the beach, relax in the sun, do a little kayaking and snorkeling, and escape the lingering Wyoming winter. I was so looking forward to this trip. I really needed it. But then I started thinking about what it would cost. I went back and forth. Should I go? Should I not go? I knew it would be fun, but I really didn't have the money. I'd been working insane hours getting this podcast off the ground, but it wasn't making me any money yet. Quite the opposite. And so, in the end, I bailed on the Puerto Rico trip. But I had already cleared my schedule for the week. And as I said before, I really, really wanted to get away. Moab. 
It had been on my bucket list for a while. If you've never been to Moab, it's a part of Utah that's brimming with majestic rock formations. You've probably seen the iconic picture of a bright red arch with a tiny person standing beneath. There are two national parks in the area, arches and canyonlands, and endless miles of trails for hiking and mountain biking. It was just an eight-hour drive from my home in Wyoming, and it was cheap. I could camp instead of staying in a hotel, and I had a pass that would get me into the national parks for free. Seemed like the perfect destination. But there was a problem. I had no one to go with. My longtime boyfriend and I had split up six months earlier. My friends were all busy with work and their own families. And my parents had both passed away. I couldn't think of anyone I could ask to join me on such short notice. I considered forgetting about the vacation. Maybe I should just stay home and get ahead on work. That could be relaxing too, right? But then a thought struck me. I could go to Moab by myself. This wouldn't be my first solo trip. I'd traveled abroad by myself several times, and last summer I'd done a solo backpacking trip for five weeks. But those trips were different. My travels overseas were always for work or school, and my long hike last summer was time clearly marked for soul-searching. Those were trips with a purpose, not vacations. Moab was different. Moab was supposed to be fun. When I told people about the trip, they'd always ask who I was going with. Just me, I'd reply. I'd get a pitying look, which seemed to say, you poor thing, don't you have any friends? I'm looking forward to time alone, I'd say defensively. That was sort of true. I've always been a closet introvert and cherished me time. But I also felt lonely. With no parents and no significant other, I was keenly aware that I wasn't a priority for anyone. And so, as I planned my solo getaway, the emptiness inside me ached. I left my home in Wyoming on a snowy April morning. Yes, it snows in April in Wyoming. A lot, actually. After a seven-hour drive, I finally hit the Utah border. A vast desert stretched out before me. Wyoming is also filled with wide-open spaces. But this was different. This seemed boundless. A giddy sense of freedom took hold, and I put on some guilty pleasure music. I rolled down the windows and started to relax. As I drove into Moab, the wide-open desert ended, and I entered a deep canyon carved by the Colorado River. The road twisted and turned beneath soaring red cliffs. It was magnificent. But that nice, relaxed feeling went away as soon as I started looking for a place to pitch my tent. The first campground I drove through was full, and the second, and the third, and the tenth. 
For two hours, I drove from campground to campground. I watched groups of friends laughing and chattering around campfires or lounging in the evening sun. But there was no space for me. I began to wonder if I'd have to turn around and go home or sleep in my car in some parking lot. If only I weren't alone, I thought. A companion would make this less dismal, more like an adventure. I thought about my friends in Puerto Rico. I imagined them lounging on the beach, laughing and sipping cocktails, and then falling asleep in their villa with gentle sea breezes wafting through the windows. Why hadn't I just ponied up the cash and gone with them? Okay, so I'll finish the story in a moment. But first, imagine owning your own outdoor company and spending each day doing the work you love. If you are an outdoors person with an idea for an outdoor product or service, how would you like a whole lot of support working your idea into a real live business? Turns out you're in luck. One of our sponsors for this episode is Moose Jaw, which is a fun-loving outdoor retail company. They are sponsoring their second Outdoor Industry Accelerator program. The program is designed to help entrepreneurs get their ideas on the table. Industry leaders will be available to you, from retail experts to marketing experts, with the know-how you need. The program has a proven track record. The three chosen participants from the first Accelerator program now all enjoy running their own outdoor companies. If you have a dream, then go for it. Applications are open now through January 14th. To find out more, visit the URL on our website or email tanner at icelab.co. Support for Out There also comes from BetterHelp. This year has been stressful in so many ways. If you're finding yourself grappling with a lot of big feelings, you're not alone. And not only are you not alone, you don't have to go through it alone. One of Out There's sponsors is a counseling service called BetterHelp. BetterHelp provides professional online counseling to clients all over the world. They have specialists in all sorts of areas, from depression and anxiety to family matters. When you sign up, they'll ask you a series of questions to match you with a therapist who can meet your specific needs. You can meet with your therapist via video chat, phone, or even text. It makes a lot of sense if you're struggling emotionally. So many of us are. But things can be better. Do yourself a favor and take charge of your mental health. For 10% off your first month of counseling, go to betterhelp.com slash out there. That's betterhelp.com slash out there. And now back to the story. I did eventually find a place to camp, and it was a lovely sight, right on the Colorado River, shaded by some delicate aspen trees. And in the days that followed, things started to get better. I went on long hikes past beautiful red cliffs, 
I explored a maze of colorful rock spires, which towered above me like giant chess pieces. I pedaled my mountain bike along desert trails high above the river. And at night, I curled up in my tent with a good novel. Little by little, my anxiety faded. Depression gave way to contentment. Loneliness ebbed. And I actually savored the solitude. Out on the trails by myself, there were moments when I felt truly joyful. Like, actually full of joy. After a long hike through Canyonlands National Park one day, I decided to treat myself to a nice dinner. I walked up to a bustling restaurant. The evening sun shone warmly on the outdoor tables, and a beautiful young man with dreadlocks played his guitar nearby. The hostess looked surprised when I asked for a table for one. But strangely, I no longer felt sorry for myself. In fact, I was looking forward to a solo dinner date. I sipped a mojito and soaked up the live music. After dinner, as the sun was setting, I strolled around town, exploring the quiet side streets and maybe sobering up before driving back to my campsite. Dogs and children romped in backyards, laughter wafted out from nearby restaurants, a summery breeze ruffled my hair. It was that kind of evening, and it felt wonderful. Here's an entry from my audio diary that I recorded on that evening stroll. It's a beautiful evening. I'm looking forward to getting into my tent and going to Arches National Park tomorrow. And it's just supremely delightful. I feel so relaxed and so at ease and so much less strung up and tense than I have in a long time. Okay, so all those warm fuzzies ended abruptly the next day. I'd gotten up early to go for a hike and picked out a loop in Arches National Park that was supposed to be beautiful. And it was beautiful. But an hour or so in, I was almost in tears. The trail had led me up onto a rock spine that was barely wider than my outstretched arms. When I'd read about these so-called fins in the hiking guide, I thought, oh, that sounds pretty. But here I was on a narrow strip of rock, very narrow, with sheer cliffs dropping off on both sides. I could feel my fear of heights kicking in. My knees started shaking and panic tingled through my fingertips. Fear of heights is a powerful phobia. There'd been moments on hikes in the past when I'd felt truly paralyzed when I'd clung to a mountainside in tears, unable to take a step in either direction. Usually, if someone coaxed me along and held my hand, literally, I was able to get through these moments. But this time, there was no one to help. If I wanted to keep going, I had to do it alone. And so I sat down, looked around, considered my options, 
and very slowly crab walked down the rock fin. There were many more spots like that one on the hike. Each time, panic set in, and each time, I forced myself to keep going. It took every shred of willpower I had. But I did make it, and by the end, I was positively gleeful. I'd taken my fear by the horns and conquered it, at least for the time being. And sure, it still would have felt good if someone else had been there holding my hand. That's from a diary entry I recorded as I was finishing up the hike. But having done it alone, it's so much more powerful. I just I feel really proud and really emboldened. That's an awesome feeling. My final morning in Moab, I went on one last hike. I had a quiet canyon to myself, and as I walked, I realized I was whistling out loud. Why yellow submarine? I have no idea. But I do know that I finally was feeling alive and capable. I'd regained an excitement for life. I'm sure the trip would have been fun with friends, too. But this was better than fun. This was healing. The time alone had cleared my mind and nourished me emotionally. Driving home to Wyoming, I thought about how lonely I'd felt at the start of this trip. Last week, it had seemed like a failure to be going on vacation alone, something you'd only do because no one loved you. But now, I realized it wasn't a failure. It was a huge success, a necessity even, something I would gladly do again, on purpose. The trip had made me whole in a way that only solitude can. And for the first time in a long time, I was starting to feel like me again. enjoyed this story, you might like another one of our episodes called Single in Your 30s. Single in Your 30s is also a celebration of solo adventures, though from a slightly different angle. The story ran a few years ago, so if you're new to the show, you might not have heard it. But check it out. It'll make you feel good about yourself if you're feeling a little lonely at the moment. A huge thank you to Jerry Marlen, Carla Garbin, Morgan Luke, Mike Lutters, Doug Frick, Phil Tim, and Deb and Vince Garcia. We could not be doing what we're doing without your monthly financial contributions. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you'd like to make a difference too, consider making a financial gift to Out There. We are a small, independent show and we're trying so hard to pay our team fairly. But we don't have the money to pay them what they deserve. That's where you can help. Make a contribution today in any amount, and you'll be doing your part to help us compensate the wonderful, talented, hardworking people 
who make this podcast a reality. There are lots of easy ways to give. We're on Venmo at outthere-podcast. You can make a gift with your credit card at our website, outtherepodcast.com. You can become a monthly patron. Just head to patreon.com slash outtherepodcast for that. Or you can mail us a check. Our address is at our website, outtherepodcast.com. Again, no gift is too small. Every dollar helps. If you're new to this podcast, check out the Best of Out There playlist. It's a compilation of some of our most compelling episodes of all time. You can find the Best of Out There playlist at our website, outtherepodcast.com. That's it for this episode. Our strategic advisor is Alex Eggerking. Our advertising manager is Jessica Taylor. Sheba Joseph is our audience growth director. Our interns are Kara Schaefer and Margaret Warner and Stephanie Maltrich. Our ambassadors are Tiffany Duong, Ashley White, and Stacia Bennett. And our theme music was written by Jared Arnold. We'll see you next week. <laughs>